Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Rungan Radio. A little TR-I for you there. Get our show started right. We have some good stuff and some surprises for you early on this show. And Chasm Sultan is our special guest, member of the band Utopia. I think most of you know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> who? Yeah, Utopia. With Todd Rungan, Roger Powell, Willie Wilcox. We're going to talk to you a little bit about our Labor Day weekend plans. We're going to have a call from the one and only manager of Todd Rundgren for many years, Eric Gardner. Yay! Eric is going to hopefully, of course, yeah, we should have got the little kids going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice so show opener, you by the way. I love that song. Ugh. You love what? I said I was complimenting you on the show opener because I love that song. It's a great one, no doubt. Tables will turn. Good stuff. So if you want to talk to us or Chasm, you can press 1. Somebody's already doing that from Ohio. I'm not sure if they want to talk to Chasm or us. But that's how we know it's you and you want to speak with us. So, Eric, we're going to ask him some questions about the things you want to know, which would include Todd's book, Todd's album, Todd's tour. So there you go. Yeah. In my... fact, I was looking over a lot of my announcements that we would normally, you know, be saying right now, and I think we we could get some answers on pretty much all of the questions that uh, we're, we're going to be asked uh, in the announcements. So. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. All right. There you go. What are you gonna do? So we want to find out a little bit if we can. You know, we don't know what all we're going to find out, but we're going to put forth an effort, see what we can get out of him, and hopefully it'll be a lot of stuff. If anybody knows, Eric knows. And we're also going to talk to him a little bit about the Raw Tour, 1977, 40 years ago this year. Man. Raw Album, Raw Tour. As a matter of fact, the Raw Album was released in February of 1977. So... Eric was involved in that, so we're going to get a little skinny from him on that, and we will talk more about why we care and what we're going to do about that and how we're going to celebrate the Raw Tour when we have our Labor Day weekend function, which, by the way, is going to be in Boston. Labor Day weekend. That's Plans our are being tent. made. As- yeah. It's our 10th year anniversary party for Rungan Radio. 25 years since Utopia was last uh, seen live in concert, redo or redux, however you want to say it, (laughs) and 40 years since 
the Raw Pyramid and the Raw Tour and the Raw Album. Watch to celebrate, Cruiser Man. That is a lot. Mm-hmm. So what you need to know about our weekend is it's going to be in Boston. If you're on our page uh, on Facebook, we will be announcing the hotel information within the next couple of days. So you can go ahead and book a room if you want to come to that shindig. Uh, if you don't want to book one yet, that's fine because we haven't told you exactly what we're doing yet. <laughs> but all we know for sure is that Secret Society will be performing. We know that. As we've told you before, we had to go ahead and lock that in because of Daniel, the guitarist from Brazil. We wanted to make sure he could make it. We know we got a fancy hotel that's in the heart of everything that you're going to love. And we know mm-hmm. that we have plenty of exciting and fun things that will be done. So It does look like a be great there. hotel. And we, yes. want, we want to thank Kathleen and Veronica for helping find the location and secure the location. Oh, you just blew it. Now they're going to bug them to death. I didn't say last names, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> so we'll be announcing it when it's ready, probably tomorrow. So be on the lookout. But don't worry, there's plenty of room. Nothing to worry about. All right, so let's um, see what Ohio wants and make sure we don't leave them hanging. 440, you're with us. You need something now? You want to wait till Chasm is on? Hey, Echo 440. All right. Oh, man, a little delayed. All right, so if you're listening, you have to turn your computer down because it's a delayed uh, feed. All right, we're going to give you another chance. 440, what's happening? Doug? Yes. It's your dear old friend, Patty Driscoll. Patty, what's happening? Hey, Patty. Hey, Mel. Hey. Oh, I miss you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're going to Boston this year. Yeah, we hope to see you and Rick there. We miss you guys as well. We'll have some fun. Yeah. yeah. We're heavily engaged and engaged uh, in nice. so many different things. Well, let's have a wedding at the Labor Day weekend. We've done one before. Rick and I are all about a commitment ceremony. We say we'll have one. We've got uh, we've done two weddings at parties. We'll we'll be happy to do another one. Let's do it. All right. (laughs) We'll be in touch. So what's up with the new release? Can you give me any information about that? We're gonna find out. We're gonna get get everything we can out of manager. He's calling in in about five minutes. All right, I so, patiently wait, so and I love you both, and thank you for your support. Thank you, darling. Congratulations. All right, so we're going to try to get all that information we can out of Eric. You know, he may not be able to tell anything, but uh, well, we'll give it an effort. We're going to talk about Raw first because we're curious about his experience with that because that is something we know he'll talk about and we know we care about, which we will get into, I promise, before the end of the show. And uh, we're going to play you a little bit of Chasm Bootleg probably tonight. If you haven't heard it, I don't know why he's calling it a bootleg. I guess Todd's done that too, but it's it's a board recording. It's got to be. I mean, it's it's spot on. You can hear everything. So, um, you know, I guess just the bootleg phrase is cool. Maybe we can find out, Crazy Mouth. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so, with you. Um, 
There you go. Chasm, if you're interested in Chasm only, you can report back in about 21 minutes. He should be calling in. So we'll um, get some information out of him. So let's see. I think this could be Eric. If uh, you're calling in, if you're Eric or somebody wants to speak to us, press 1 so we'll know it's you. Because I don't want to press the button if you don't want to talk to us. So let's see. Where'd that go? It might there be it that Five. We got it. I got it. I got it. All right. Perfect. All right. Mr. Gardner, Hello. is this you? Hey, hey how you doing? Hi there. Hi. Hi, Eric. Hey. We got Thank lots of fun things so to talk about. Thank you so much for calling in, and uh, we're looking forward to talking to you just for a short while tonight, unless you want to stay on a really long time. That's up to you. <laughs> Eric's a busy man. All right. So... I don't know if you're aware, but this is the 40-year anniversary of the Raw album this month, actually, coming out, and then the tour. So we know you're involved with that, and want to ask you a little bit about that before we get into the burning questions about Todd. The um, I think I read somewhere that you had some involvement with KISS and that Todd was looking for someone who had experience with big concert production, and that's kind of how some of that came together. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I don't think it was only Kiss. Uh, you know, it was uh, uh, you know, large uh, large stadium shows like the Dead in the Airplane, and uh, and and uh, and then I was managing one of the Stones at the time as well, and one of the Who, and one of Pink Floyd. So uh, huh. I uh, I think that uh, what happened, uh, Todd, I think was speaking to uh, his then day to day manager, a woman named Susan Lee. And uh, I'm not sure whether Todd recommended, had heard about me and asked Susan to track me down or whether Susan had heard about me and recommended me to Todd. And then Todd said uh, to Susan, you know, uh, you know, find him. I don't know which of those is the case. But in any event, I got a call from Susan inviting me up. I was living in New York at the time, inviting me up to uh, Woodstock to have a chat, which I did and I, I and I went up and I had a chat. <laughs> and so, I mean, I didn't get to see the, the show. I've seen Kiss a few times, and it's such a big production. I mean, the, the, is it? You did well, do some really work with wasn't them, right? As big, it wasn't that big back then. I mean, it seemed big, but uh, it got a lot bigger in, over the next several years. But uh, uh, you know, but uh, it, it, it 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 was. Kiss at that time was nowhere near as big a production as Raw turned out to be. Really? Oh, okay. So who would be fair to compare, or was Raw just unique? It was the first, you know, show of that magnitude. Stage. Well, I'll tell you, it was. Um, I'm pretty. Sh- I think that's a fair statement. Uh, it, it had everything. It had wind machines. It had uh, fire. Uh, it had uh, uh, lighting effects. It had uh, 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 practical effects like Todd climbing the pyramid. It had a laser uh, coming out of the uh, uh, the eyes of the uh, uh, of the Sphinx. It had um, you know smoke built into it. Uh, the paws of the Sphinx. The 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 downstage left and downstage right paws of the Sphinx housed the amplifiers, the band's gear, the back line. Uh, 
Really? Uh, it had uh, it had uh, pulsating water fountains surrounding Willie's drum kit. Uh, then we called them the Dancing Waters. Um, it, uh, the dragon. It, 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 oh yeah, I forgot about the dragon. Yeah, had the dragon during uh, during uh, that, that was uh, Roger's uh, little uh, keyboard solo uh, 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 fighting the dragon because we we put a laser uh, a second laser in the front of Roger's uh, keyboard which we, which we called the Powell probe at the time. And uh, so he did battle with the uh, with the uh, with the dragon um, uh, with the using the laser weapon. I remember going down to Chinatown and shopping for that dragon. Uh, <laughs> that's where I, that's where I bought it. Oh uh, yeah. So how how did this come about? I mean, did Ty just go? This is kind of how I want to do it, or were you like, okay, let's do this? I mean, at some point. Well, I mean, it was an ev- it was an evolution. It didn't all all those ideas didn't come out at once. Um, oh, excuse me one second. I'll be right back. I'm by myself in my okay. office. Hold on one sec. No worries. All right, so Feeling y'all heard it. <laughs> Mr. Gardner. So uh, before Kiss got big, so I kind of thought oh, it was – Sorry. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm back. Uh, no worries. Um, um, it, it, was an, it was an evolution. I mean, you know, the uh, the first meeting I had was only with Susan. And then, uh, and then the second time I came up was with – uh, the whole band, and uh, and and they gave me a description of the album they were about to record. It hadn't been recorded yet. Uh, it was in the uh, they were they were in pre-production. Some of the songs had been written. Uh, Todd gave me a uh, kind of an outline of um, uh, brought kind of a very broad stroke thing about the Egyptian theme, and um, uh, and then. Uh, I uh, contacted a a, uh, a scenery shop, uh, a shop that did uh, very elaborate stage scenery and effects, mostly for Broadway, because uh, rock and roll wasn't that evolved at the time. A company called Best Tech, B-E-S-T-E-K, in Long Island. And um, we ended up contracting with them to do the fabrication, the drawings, and then we would, I would bring the drawings, you know, it was before fax machines, it was before computers, it was before the internet, it was before any of that. So I would have to drive the drawings up uh, and sit with Todd and uh, and then, you know, it, it became kind of like a Kissinger shuttle diplomacy over a period of months back and forth uh, up to Woodstock uh, as uh, Todd added ideas, and then uh, and and then we just had to decide whether they were actually executable given the you know 1975 1976 technology, and uh, you know it's uh, and and it was a process. It was uh, you know it was uh, about a year and a half before before we actually got the pieces. Then we rented an airplane hangar at Newburgh Airport. Um, uh, which was a few miles away from Woodstock, and set the whole thing up, and uh, and started playing around with it, seeing how it would work. One of the biggest challenges was how to transport it, uh, in terms of it had to be modular, it had to break down into a reasonable number of pieces, uh, I mean reasonable size pieces, and then we had to have road cases built for every piece. Uh, 
and uh, then we had to figure out how many trucks we needed, and then we had to write the rider to send out to the promoters to, because the lasers required water. Uh, they were water-cooled. The, uh, we had to get permits for the lasers. We had to get permits for the fire. We had to have, have a, a high water pressure, a second set of high water pressure hoses going to the stage for the dancing waters. Um, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was like huge. A, it was like a military operation. Wow. <laughs> so back then, the purpose different from today. The purpose of touring was to sell records because it had to be. You're thinking, this cannot be a profitable tour with this much uh, stuff. Yeah. Well, was- you know that's that that's a conversation I've had with Todd for 42 years. <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, and that was the first time. That was the. Yeah, the first of many dozens of conversations like that with Todd, you know, because Todd is uh, the the consummate art for art's sake kind of guy, and uh, yeah, you know, so uh, one of the uh, one of the jobs for which I get so egregiously overpaid is keeping him tethered to the earth. <laughs> well, speaking of being tethered to the earth, uh, I'm assuming it was Todd's idea to climb the pyramid. Well, oh, man, did, oh, man. I got to tell you, our, our insurance company, boy, they, they they passed out when I told them about that. Uh, uh, so yes, uh, that was Todd's idea. Uh, what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then we had to figure out, you know, and then he wanted to do a front uh, a somersault, a front somersault off the top of it, uh, and uh, we had to figure out how to safely get him back down to the ground. Uh, without his swinging around and, and hitting and hitting either of the four legs of the pyramid, the four supports of the pyramid, and um, yeah, so and he and he had to do that blind because we we had to put a lot of smoke up there to hide the fact there was a cable, and wow. uh, so he was somersaulting blind. And, you know, he couldn't see the ground. I was always. Uh... Or I'm still worried. I, I didn't actually see those shows, but uh, I was always worried he was going to, you know, harm his shoulder or his wrist or something. So I guess y'all had to carry some extra insurance for that. Uh, uh, you know, I don't recall whether we. Uh, I mean, it was standard insurance, which includes disability and, and cancellation insurance for injury. So uh, I don't think it was anything super special, but uh, you know, it was it was not cheap. Mhm. There's a there's a few uh grainy videos that are floating around out there. Is there ever going to be any kind of a an official video even if it's a little grainy that that might Well, well be- I, we have a lot more than a little grainy. Uh um there was a very popular show on British television called The Old Grey Whistle Test. And uh I got a call from the BBC in 1977. Uh, saying that they were uh, sending a crew over to do a, a special uh, whistle test on Bearsville Records and just the the Woodstock Bearsville environment, and they were going to come over and they were, and they were going to you know interview and shoot Foghat and interview and shoot you know uh, uh, the um, uh, other Bearsville artists and interview Albert and uh, and and take a tour of the the Bearsville studio and take a tour of uh, the restaurant uh, and you know just the a whole special on the Bearsville community and um, and they said would uh, 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 could we set up the raw set 
uh, and could they shoot uh, like 20 or 30 minutes of it? So we did. We set it up in a field uh, uh, in in Bearsville, just an outdoor field. We, we set the whole thing up, uh, brought in all the everything we needed to bring in, uh, and uh, and if I recall, Todd did two songs, or the band did two songs with full effects outdoors at night. Uh, and it, it really it was the only time we ever did it outdoors, actually. And it was kind of a little windy, and so the, the smoke wouldn't stay where it was supposed to stay. But I believe he did communion with the sun, and then went straight into sing, the whole sing ring thing. And um, and that was broadcast quality video. And uh, and and uh, I had um, I had a copy of it. And that was part of the archive uh, that we uh, licensed to the British company. This is just a couple of years ago, three or four or five years ago, uh, that we licensed the entire video and audio live archive to Cherry Red in the UK, Cherry Red Records, in in in, the, and they they have the right to release that. They just have not chosen to because they have two or three hundred hours of stuff to choose from. I assume they'll eventually release it, but they do need to get a clearance from the BBC. And I also remember that Todd was uh, suffering severely from the flu that night, and he he did a really heroic performance because he was just so nauseous and uh, feeling terrible. And uh, he just, right after the end of Sing Ring, right after flipping over the pyramid, uh, flipping over off the top of the pyramid, he uh, uh, he just came backstage and. Uh, uh, and pretty much collapsed. Wow. Well, it seems that this would be the year they should they should release it. It's forty. You know, it's an anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to get on. We'll call Vicky. See if we can yeah, speed that accelerate. Call call that call would be call awesome. Vicky. So it's thirty minutes, and it's BBC has to approve it. That's what we'll I know. I, I know. I think it was a well. The 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 segment. Todd's segment on the special was about was singing was what about eighteen minutes or something like that, and uh, and communion with the sun was maybe three and a half or four minutes, five something like that. So it's probably twenty two, twenty three minutes of 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 edited, broadcast quality performance. Uh, wow. And I and also I also this is yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taxing my memory here, but I'm pretty sure that we. I also we had. A, I think we had a locked-off camera at Richfield Coliseum in Cleveland when we did the Raw show there, and I think that exists as part of the archive as well. But it was just a single camera. And uh, it was mastered on what was then three quarter, what, what, on a format that was then three quarter inch, which was not broadcast quality, but uh, still pretty good. But the camera angle, if I recall, wasn't the best uh, because it was a little off center, and the and the downstage, uh, either the downstage left or the downstage right uh, support of the pyramid, the the, the gold steel uh, uh, support of the pyramid. Was uh, what was in the middle of the shot? Uh, yeah, I remember you telling us. Uh, so the best oh, chance that was the, the pole that was in the way. Yeah, yeah. So the BBC is um, the best shot to get some. Some, I mean, there's some footage out there, but the BBC would be the the best next one to try to get. Well, that's awesome. That's good stuff. So the tour only went a year. I assume that was because it was just so much work and 
Well, well you only want to do it. You know, you only want to do it for the life of the record. Uh, the you know the active promote the marketing life of the record. You know, you only, really only want to do any tour for the active that that's promoting a specific record. So, uh, yeah, we uh, you know we retired everything. Uh, uh, you know, after the active marketing life of the of, of the record. Unfortunately, we, uh, if I recall, we uh, it was just too expensive to take overseas. I think uh, I don't think we took it overseas. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, speaking of going overseas, we always get these questions. So everybody's curious about Todd touring this year, and we always get asked, "Do we know if he's going to the UK?" So we were curious on another subject off of Ron. If you if you can tell us anything about Todd's tour plans this year, if that would also if that would include the UK or any more plans with Ringo. Or any information you might could give us. Uh, I can give you some. Uh, All right. The the um, uh, we are about to announce. Uh, it's not fully uh, completed yet, but sometime in the next couple of weeks, we will begin announcing, or not we, the promoters will begin announcing in the various markets uh, a um, a spring tour intended to support speaking of new records, intended to support uh, and promote uh, 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 Todd's upcoming uh, studio album, which uh, is also going to be released sometime in the spring. We don't have exact dates yet. And then... Um, so is it tr- the new album is a duet album. All we heard was like Trent Reznor was on it and Kenny Emerson. Is that is that the case? Can you tell us anything about uh, that? All I, can tell you, all I can tell you at the moment uh, because Todd still hasn't delivered it, and uh, and some things may be delivered, and some things may not be delivered. So uh, uh, the uh, uh, all I can tell you is that it is uh, uh, a, a an album of collaborations. Uh, the fir- uh, the first time Todd's done any such thing, uh, and. Um, uh and and so there are uh, uh uh there will be uh, 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 uh duets and uh and and also some songs that are, were co-written by Todd and uh and a, and a collaborator uh not not a single collaborator you know there there will be songs each of which Will will have been written, co-written by Todd and a collaborator. So uh, each song, would any each of that be being, the each song being each song being a different collaborator? Sure. Is, would any of that be roots that they were talking about? You know, eventually he was going to do something with Questlove. Is that part of this, or is that something totally different? Uh, that is uh, something that uh, uh, that is ongoing and separate and apart from this and. Uh, and there's no definitive uh, – uh, uh, there's no schedule at the moment for uh, 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 completing that project. But at some point, it'll happen. Well, back so up – hold on. How does he do an album with, that's going to include collaborations and duets unless those people go with him? I mean, is it going to be – you got any idea what that kind of tour would look like? Uh, no, is <laughs> <laughs> the, the short answer. <laughs> All right, Crazy Mel, sorry about that. Well, that was the same question I was going to ask. You just asked it better than I did. All right, well, then then the U.K., they got to know. Is he, is he thinking about going overseas? 
Do we know? Uh, at, at the moment, we uh, we have no plans to take the tour outside the United States uh, or outside of North America uh, uh, during this calendar year. But that's not to say that uh, it might not ha- that 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 it could happen. It sure could. Uh, but right now. All we're concentrating on is promoting the release of the album domestically. Gotcha. So, is there any chance he'll go back out with Ringo again? Uh, I, uh, there's always a chance he'll go out back out with Ringo again. <laughs> All right. Well, that, did you say that there's a safe chance that that will happen? Always. Uh, well, well, uh, you know, knowing Ringo as I do, I think that uh, uh, Ringo will want to. Go out again with the, you know he found his dream band and uh, you know as Todd uh, as I'm sure your audience if you, if uh, has heard Todd say from the stage uh, that um, uh, in another few months this this particular in, uh, in, uh, incarnation of the All Star Band will have been together longer than the actual Beatles have been together. Yeah. <laughs> That has my... Yes. Yeah. Uh, another thing that we want to ask you about, because we don't want to keep you too long, um, is Todd's been saying that he's writing an autobiography and has been for quite some time, and that we should expect to see it coming out this year. When when do you think we might see that, and and why now? Why is he deciding to wrap it up now? Well, pro- uh, I don't know. Maybe because he finally uh, uh, learned how to spell my name correctly. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, he's um, the answer is yes. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, the delivery of the autobiography is the next thing on his uh, dance card as soon as uh, following the delivery of this new record, okay. and uh, and and. Uh, and it will be coming out this year, and uh, and and they are uh, you know they're intended to, uh, to to you know to sort of cross promote one another, the uh, new album and the autobiography. So, do you think wow. that uh, if he were to appear, say in Cleveland, uh, do his show, and, and do maybe a book signing or something during the day at a Barnes and uh, Well, it, you know, it depends. Uh, it depends how long the gap is between delivery of the record and delivery of the autobiography because delivery of the autobiography that's the delivery of the uh, uh you know then it has to go through the editing process uh and uh you know to prepare for publication and and you know that's often a slow uh, laborious process and you know so the answer is to your question is yes that makes perfect sense to do a book signing uh, in the same town uh, uh, as uh, 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 in the afternoons, for instance, uh, and then do a concert that evening. Uh, but that uh, that's not going to happen during the spring leg of the tour. Uh, presumably, uh, uh, Todd will uh, be touring. Uh, will will still be touring. Uh, at the time the autobiography does eventually come out this year, and then any dates from that point forward uh, where it makes sense to do a book signing in conjunction with a live date, uh, we will certainly try to do that. Perfect. Well, Eric, we appreciate all the scoop. 
uh, all the information. Everybody's looking forward to that new album, the new book, and the tour. And uh, appreciate all the raw information. That's good. We we will uh, continue to talk about that this year. We got some plans, which we told you about. We're going to announce a little bit later tonight for everybody else. And uh, we appreciate it, man. Thanks as always. All right, well, yeah, thank you. I just want to uh, uh, share one more little anecdote about that 1977 raw tour. Uh, we got to the Fo- we got to the Fox Theater in St. Louis. And uh, very uh, uh, Fox theaters, there you know, there there was a chain of them. There was one in Atlanta and a couple others around the country, and they were very old, traditional theaters, uh, with all the bells and whistles to do uh, uh, live stage productions. Uh, when I say when I say live stage productions, I mean legitimate stage productions, like you know, musicals, uh, dramas, Shakespeare, all that kind of stuff. Um, and so. We were uh, we were setting up, or the crew was setting up uh, the uh, the stage. You know, we carried our own little stage, which was painted gold as well. And we we had the stage set up, and we were putting up the uh, the the four the four uh, sides of the pyramid, the four poles of the pyramid. And uh, one of our crew members, uh, uh, the um, uh, 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 there were curtains. Uh, up uh, 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 that that there were a lot of different curtains at different various places on the stage. We needed to open up a set of curtains uh, to make a little bit more room to bring stuff out from the, the rear of the stage. You know, because there were certain things still being loaded in, big big set pieces still being loaded in. So the uh, uh, one of our crew members w- uh, said, "Oh, which button do I push?" You know, to open up that you know that fourth set of curtains back there, and he was told by an employee of the Fox Theater, uh, uh, "Oh, press that one." And I guess he the the crew member didn't exactly follow the finger, <laughs> the the angle of the finger that was pointing to the panel, and he pressed a button. The button he pressed actually was a uh, uh, there was a center section of the stage that was on hydraulics. Uh, you know, because you could store different things at, in the basement of the stage, and he pressed that button, and the stage, oh. the, the the center of the stage began lowering down, and and the st- our stage started falling falling through that hole, uh, and you know, with with everything collapsing, and you know, happily, we you know, it it, it was stopped, uh, uh, you know, after it had been lowered about four feet or something like that. And uh, you know, but it was uh, 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 it was quite the scene, uh, 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 you know, uh, in that few seconds while while the stage was lowering, and we and we saw our uh, you know our 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 very expensive production, uh, you know, uh, and in some cases very delicate production, you know, starting to cascade through this chasm in the uh, in the uh, center of the stage. <laughs> this one goes so to that, that was the that was probably the most exciting thing that happened on the 1977 tour was the uh, was was the the stage descending by mistake. Yep, spinal tap moments. Got to love those. All right, man. We appreciate the stories and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon sometime. Hopefully. Okay. Bye, bye, guys. Bye, right, Eric. Bye, bye. All right, everybody. Eric Gardner, manager of Todd for clearly 40 years or so. Since he was around for 77 Raw Tour. Speaking of, we got our next guest who was around for the Raw Tour. I think you played a role in that. Uh, Mr. Chasm Sultan, the one and only. What's happening? 
Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Melly Mel. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Good, good to good, good to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. It's good to it's good to hear from you guys too. It's a pleasure to be here. It's been a while. We think I meant to do the math, but kind of got sidetracked. I think you may have been, so you or Michelle have been our most frequent guest on Running Radio, so we appreciate it, whether you're in first or second, we appreciate it. That's that's interesting. That, really? Because yeah. it doesn't seem like I've been on that many times. Because it's been a while since we've done a lot of shows, but yeah, you were on a good bit, and we appreciate it. We always, You're popular. Okay. People wanted you on. So it's all well, good. Did, were you listening at all to, you know that was Eric Gardner, right? <laughs> yeah, I know that was Eric Gardner, yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you, do you remember that, that uh, night when the stage started to drop? All, all I remember was being able to stay in my room and drink a little bit more. Oh. Uh, ooh. <laughs> back in the day. Well, now you know something else yeah. about the tour. <laughs> well, you know. No, no, no. I mean, I mean you know what? I, I, I kid. I, I really do. I, I, I don't think. I just, uh, you know, we were very famous at that time. We, we were we were extremely famous and and people didn't come to us with uh with 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 throwaway information that we didn't need we were very insulated and mm. uh and we only we were only uh concerned with the you know with with sound check getting on stage doing the best show that we could possibly do and then repeating that formula the next night so I, I do. I, I actually do remember um, that particular night uh, and, and being told about the stage. And I think the the gentleman that Eric was referring to, his name was Chuck. Uh oh. Chuck, great, you're he was busted. A, he was a great guy. He was a really, really good guy. And um, funny enough, I, I there there is a, a, another story about Chuck. Uh, he was on the crew for probably about three or four years, uh, from '76 to to '80, I guess. And we we were playing in um, uh, in England. We, had, we we were doing a series of shows at a club in London called the Venue. Um, and we must have I played there. there for about. You were there. Oh yeah, I was there. Yes, I was. Oh, are you serious? Yes, I've yeah. been to that venue. The venue. Oh, well, you, but, but you weren't there when when you when we played, were you? When Todd played? Actually, I was there when it was uh, nearly human. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Well, was, Wrong time. Yeah, Back this, up. This was a very very yeah. You know, this was well before that. Um, and in, in, in those days in England, the um, the 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 way that the audience showed their appreciation for you was they would take a bottle of beer and and and. And just in, in in your hand and throw uh, and shake it at you, um, and and literally this is not a I'm not kidding around. They would spit on you. Um, there there were people in the audience that would actually spit uh, uh, on the musicians on stage, uh, and that was, uh, it, <laughs> I guess on some level that was a form of appreciation. Well, Chuck didn't really find that very appreciative. And uh, the one guy or one or two guys in the audience that were um, that were that were doing that, um, he he actually ran out from the from the wings of the stage, dove into the audience to to kind of you know start beating these guys up. But what he didn't realize was that the minute that he dove off the stage, the crowd parted 
and he wound up diving onto his head in the middle of the audience and had to go to the hospital with a severe uh, severe concussion that night. Ooh. Great guy, but was never the same after that. <laughs> That's just wrong. Hey, um, the, the last couple of weeks, Kaz, we've been running this wonderful audio footage of uh, one of the Raw shows. Uh-huh. And, you know, we have a chat room that goes on while we're doing these these radio shows. And someone said, oh, you know, Chasm has such a funny story about the um, during your solo when the wind would kick up. And there uh-huh. was something that y'all had picked up in the state of Texas. You want to tell that story in case some of our listeners have never heard it? <laughs> I think I probably told this story about two dozen times over the course of my career. Um, well, there were some people that did not know about it, though. Uh, I'll, well, I'll, see. I'll, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll tell it again. So, so the whole thing was um, that when we were doing that Rato with the pyramid and and uh, uh, and the Sphinx and all the the special effects that we had, um, uh, Willie Willie's special effect was water, and we had the fountains that would go off, and you know during his drum solo and. Roger's special effects were fire, and we had, you know, uh, uh, these the pyrotechnics on either side of the stage that would go off when he uh, when he did his solo. And of course, Todd's was uh, he would climb to the top of the pyramid and fall off every night. Um, and Roger and I had to had, had, had literally had to catch him by his feet so that he wouldn't crash into the drums when he fell off the 25 foot pyramid. Um, uh, and mine was wind. Um, and what they would do with it, we had two uh, probably 35 to 40 inch industrial fans on either side of the stage and a bunch of dry ice. So they would put the dry ice in water because there was no fog machines back then. Uh, so they put dry ice in water and then it would create a bunch of smoke and the industrial fans would blow the smoke across the stage. And that's, that was my that was my thing for for uh, singing on the glass guitar. Um, the crew decided that it would be a really fun thing to add a little prop one night, and we were driving through uh, through Texas, uh, and they picked up a tumbleweed. Now, I don't know how many people who have ever uh, have ever experienced the tumbleweed in their lives, but they're huge. Uh, they're probably about maybe four to six feet in diameter and, uh, and they weigh, uh, maybe 30 pounds or 35, 40 pounds. And they are nothing but huge, big balls of thorns. Um, so, so the, the crew had the, they put this, this tumbleweed in the, in one of the bus bays. And, uh, and that night, I, unbeknownst to me, um, I went on, we went on stage and, you know, at the end of the show, we did uh, singing the glass guitar, it came time for my solo and I'm out there and I'm doing my bass solo and the, the, the smoke is blowing and everything is, you know, going as planned. And all of a sudden this huge tumbleweed comes out on stage and stops right on my leg and attaches itself to me 
<laughs> and I can't move because it's it, the thorns had embedded themselves in my leg and, <laughs> and onto the clothes that I was wearing. I couldn't shake it off because it was cutting, it, it was cutting the crap out of me. And I, uh, all I remember was being so angry at the crew for, for ruining my, my show that night. And I, I was just, I was beside myself, not, not to mention, you know, I needed like, you know, two and a half rolls of gauze to, uh, to cover up all my cuts that I had gotten from this stupid freaking tumbleweed. So that's that story. How do you like that? There you go. The tumbleweed story. Another spinal tap story for the evening. Yeah. Got a lot. Go ahead. No, I forgot how I, I, I got out of it, but I just kind of probably, I probably limped off the stage with the tumbleweed still attached to me. <laughs> we need pictures. You had a hard go. You broke your ankle. You had a tumbleweed yeah. attack you. you know, it's always something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So let's let's move. I got my one more rock question, but it's going to tie into your bootleg. Somebody told me you have a lot of board recordings of the Raw Tour, some bootlegs. Is that true? I do. Yeah, I do. Are you I ever going to share those, um, or are they like property, or what's well, the story on that? Um, I, you know, I don't know. They actually sound amazing because what I used to do was um, we were kind of – everybody in the band was a bit of an audiophile in, in that – we were all, you know, uh, pretty up on on the newest technology that was available at the time, and um, this was the, during the days of cassette players. But you know, cassettes were were the preferred form of carrying music around with you. It was pre Walkman days, um, <laughs> and uh, and so you had to, you know, you had to have the like the latest, coolest, most high tech cassette player. So I went out and I got myself the latest, highest, coolest cassette player, um, and, which was a portable, a portable cassette player. And I would take it to the show and set it up at the board um, prior to that evening's concert and, and tell Chris Anderson or whoever was mixing sound that I was usually Chris Anderson, um, you know, just take a board feed and uh, I want to listen to the show afterwards. And I wound up with, you know, a, a crate full of uh, shows from Akron, Columbus, um, Oklahoma, Kansas, Chicago, Toronto. Um, uh, uh, do I have? I think I might have a couple of California shows. This was all around '77, '78. So I still have them, and uh, every once in a while, I, I I put I put one on just to make sure that the the tape hasn't disintegrated. And they they really sound they sound amazing they really sound good. Um, it, it, it's something that uh, at one point or another I might want to talk to Todd, Roger, and Willie about maybe seeing if we want to release something like that. But uh, I wouldn't do it without uh, asking them first. Might want to put them on DVD soon or something CD preserve them. Well, the only the only drag is with something like that is that you can't manipulate it afterwards. You know, you you kind of stuck with a two track mix of uh, of whatever the show was that night. And um, but it's a, you know it's a, it's a little bit of history that I documented and uh, glad to have them actually. Well, that's great. Those bootlegs we played the last a few weeks. We played a uh, Masonic Temple Detroit show, and it it was a cassette recording, but it sure didn't sound like it. It was fantastic. 
great show. What year was that? What year was that? Seventy seven. It was Raw Tour. Who had who had it? Uh a company called Jim's and they sent it to the bootleg guru Warren in Georgia and mm-hmm. he fixed it up and let us have oh, it. Wow. And it's fantastic. Yeah, I'll we'll have to get him to send you a link to it. It's uh it's something else. Or you can listen to it on Rungan Radio, but it's MP three for us, but he has it in flack mm-hmm. and it's good. It's oh, all, cool. it's almost board quality. I mean, it's really good. It's good. Is, it, is it the whole show? Yeah. Uh, oh. Yep. Two sets. Oh, wow. You got communion with the sun, eternal love. It's good stuff. Wow, that's amazing. He's did you, got a did you ever backstage, you know, or before sound check or whatever? Did you ever try to climb the pyramid? Yes. You I did. did. What happened? Yeah. I was made it, it halfway up, and I, uh, I well, I made it halfway up, and said, "This is absolutely ridiculous. I would, I, I'm going to break my neck. I'm coming down." <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm know. With you. I tried I that really, too over at where it is I now. Really, so, I, I, I'll tell you, I really don't know how he did it every single night with no handrail, nothing but just I'm going to, you know, it's like, uh, it, it's crazy. I, I would never, I would never do it. So, Cass, I'm going back to bootleg this show. It started with a pre-record that you guys did for like 16 minutes or so mm-hmm. while you were backstage, I guess. And there's yeah. a song on there that you did that had Susie in the title that's never been released and you've never performed again. Can you tell me something about that song? I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no clue. Oh, uh, What was it called? Oh, we're gonna have to get Warren. To, Warren, I hope he's in the chat room. He can tell us. Um, it wasn't. We'll try to get, wake up, little Susie. It wasn't that. It was no. It was, little Susie. It was called Sweet Little Susie. Sweet Little Susie. Yeah, I'm gonna and send who, it to you. What do you mean? It was a. It was. It was backstage before the show. Yep, y'all had a pre-record that went through the amps before you came out and did the first song, and that was one of the songs on there. Wait a second. You mean it was like a solo song that I had done? Yes. Or was it the band that did it? I think it was. What Mel? Do you remember? I don't remember. Oh, damn it! Um, all right, I'm gonna send it to you, but hopefully Warren's in here. All right. If not, I'm gonna text. Well, now, now I'll, Carolyn in the in the chat room is saying that she thought maybe it was Willie that was singing that, so maybe it was. It's well, Willie used to sing a song called "Crazy Lady Blue." No, well, no, no, yeah, no. Was it, that's the one. Was it that? No. No. Now Ray in the chat room is saying that it it reworked into Hoy Polloi. That doesn't make sense. No, that uh, wouldn't make sense. I've no idea. I've, I really have no clue what it, what it could be. If it was Willie or me or I don't know. Uh, well, now half video. the people are saying it's Willie. Half the people are saying it was you. <laughs> All right, hold on a second. I'll be right back. I'm going to get an answer to this question. Good. All right. So, um, hold on. It was I'll be right before back. the Magic Dragon Theater clip. Uh, well, the, the only thing I can think of was that it was, it wouldn't have been Love Reunion if that was. But that, that I mean, everybody knows that song. So. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't either, Mel. I really don't. Well, I guess it's I don't I don't even know if they said that it was ever actually recorded recorded like released on a recording other than but it was played before the Raw show. 
uh-huh. while the audience was getting seated and all that. It was uh, just a couple of years ago, Kaz. Why can't you remember this? Just a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, uh, it was a lot more than a couple of years ago. I wish it was a couple of uh, years ago. That would be... All right, I'm back. So, uh, Warren, turn off your computer. All right, we got Bootle Guru Warren on. He's going to tell us about this song because everybody knows it's Warren. Warren, give it up. Turn off your computer, Warren. Uh, mute it. All right, I'm back. Hang on. Uh, Warren, turn off your computer. <laughs> <laughs> we are such a crack professional radio show. Bootle Guru doesn't know how to. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Here we go. What's the Can deal? Can you with- hear me now? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. This this bootleg that that I have from the Gems people uh, is uh, one of the most incredible audience recordings I've ever heard. It sounds like it comes from the board tape, but it's not. And uh-huh. at the beginning, and I was at the Atlanta show, Kaz, and at the beginning, uh-huh. what y'all did was you lowered a screen. Right, and you played that the Clockwork Orangish like um, uh, Magic Dragon Theater with all the right. weird characters in it. Okay, uh-huh. then you turn the light, turn the lights off. Uh huh. And then over the PA system, it, it just mesmerized the crowd. You don't even hear the crowd when you're doing this, but you did Love Reunion. Right. Thank you. And then you did Pipeline from your Disco Jets. That's that's Roger, yeah. Uh-huh. And then you did a song called Sweet Little Susie Jeez. at uh, a- Angelo's Disco. And it's you I, I want, singing it. It's me singing it? I wonder if that's a Willie song. It is song. you. I wonder if that's it, a Willie song. Maybe. Well, I think it might be, I don't it know, might be Willie's song. All right, so Warren, do me a favor. Yeah. Send yeah. me that song on an MP3. Email it to me right now. If you can make it an MP3, we'll play it a little bit later and let Chasm tell us what it is. Okay. Can you make it happen? That's, that's, and then after that, they play some unknown synthesizer song. And then they break into the band coming out and doing the overture and when they come into communion with the sun, it'll, it'll grab you by the throat. The music's so good, and the sound quality's so good. And it's an entire show. Singing full uh-huh. fingering. We're focused okay. on this sweet little Susie. Can you send it to me? Yeah, you want just that part? That yeah, just send me that tonight, real quick on the email, and I'll upload it, and we'll play it in a little while. You want to email just sweet little Susie? Yes, sir. Can you make it happen? Okay, do you want the whole 13 minutes? Oh, no, no, just sweet little Susie. we got to get to the bottom. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll dash, I, I, baby, make I, that I, man. I've met you a bunch of times in Atlanta. All right. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I, I will send that right now. All right, you the man, Warren. We'll get back in touch with you when we get it. All right, so uh, Warren's going to jog your memory, but let's talk about your current bootleg. Yes. Okay. It, it's not technically a bootleg because it's board recording, isn't it? Is that just kind of a phrase um, we use? Or? It, it, well, it, you know what? It, it's a bootleg in the sense that it wasn't uh, it, it, it wasn't originally intended to be released. I didn't record these shows with the idea of uh, putting out a live album. 
Um, I just recorded them because, well, that's what you do. You know, you document stuff from my I wanted it for my archive, and um, I didn't have any any preconceptions about what I was going to do. I didn't go into it with the feeling of, you know, I'm going to put a live album out behind this. So, um, so after uh, after the shows, uh, six eight months after the shows, I was like. I was talking to somebody who said, you know, we should release those two shows. Uh, and I was like, well, yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't know that they're, that they're okay. I'd have to go back and listen to them. And so I think that, uh, that that's where the, the bootleg reference comes into was that it wasn't, I didn't set out to record a live record. I did. It was, it was a, a decision made after the fact uh a- after listening to both shows and thinking you know what it would be nice to have these out on cd well they sound fantastic but i gotta um i think we may have a, a guest caller calling in we'll say hello to you let me just see if that's right 702 you're with us area code hello hello 702 who is can this? you hear me yes who is who is who this, is this? Willie, Willie, is this, is this, Willie, do you um, is this Domino's Pizza? <laughs> be there. We'll be we'll be there in twenty minutes. What do you want on that pie, sir? Listen, do you remember That's a song called Sweet Little Susie? Sauce. Do you remember um, a song called Sweet Little Susie? I, I think that was the original title of Crazy Lady Blue, but I'm not sure. Oh, uh, that's what I think too. But. But somehow I remember it, but I, I don't remember it. Did I sing that or did you? I know you did it on the uh, you sang you sang it on the record, but somebody's saying that I sang it in concert. I don't I don't remember that at all. On a pre a pre recorded I, I remember that I remember the title, but um, I don't know. I remember the title as well, and I remember it being one of your songs. We're going to have it soon. We're going to play it soon. Willie. By the way, welcome to the show, Willie. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. thank you. <laughs> Everybody, this is Willie Wilcox. Yeah. yeah. Hello. Calling from Vegas. How was the Blue yeah. Oyster Cult show you got to see? Oh, that was fun. I had a good time. Yeah. It was nice seeing all the guys, and everybody sounded great, and we had a good time. So did did you know some of the Blue Horse Cult guys before? Oh, yeah. I've known them for years. Uh, Donald and I used to be neighbors in Connecticut. We lived – actually, Donald Donald and Meatloaf both lived about a mile from where I lived. Awesome. So I, used to, so I used to go over to his house and hang and stuff. Awesome. So we're, we're – um, we've been talking, Willie, you haven't been on, but we were telling uh, Eric Gardner earlier in Chasm that this is the 40 – year anniversary of the Raw Tour and when the album came out. It was 1977 wow. to 2017. So it, is that, yeah, isn't it, though? It's been 25 years, too, since uh, Redo or Redux, whatever y'all want to call it, by the way. But we'll stick with Raw. So Raw, 1977, 40 years ago. So one of the, the things we're thinking about doing, and we wanted y'all to hear and give us your feedback on this, uh, Mel and I have talked to Chris Anderson and – we're considering a major refurbish of Maurice the Sphinx. Uh-huh. And getting Chris a deliberate 
near Boston where the raw pyramid is and reuniting the two. <laughs> what do you think about that? Do you want to see it? Yeah. Sure. The, 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 it could be done. The paws are, you know, they got grass in them, stuff like that, but it can all be refurbished, <laughs> repainted or painted, touched up or whatever. And then to get a lift, you're going to have to have some kind of, we're going to have to have some kind of lift to pick it up where it'll look just like it did 40 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> The, the the only thing missing is the is the band in front of it. <laughs> but we want you guys to Y'all come. Y'all want to make that come. happen? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Some things some things are better left alone. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all could, you could come see it at least. You know, maybe get some photos with it. You know, forty years ago, man. Mm-hmm. We're gonna bring yeah, it back no. together after forty year hiatus. We were we were discussing I, with um, Eric Gardner earlier before you guys called in uh, some of the history about uh, that those set pieces, and he was explaining that that at the time that was a really big production compared to even Kiss. So that's history right there. Big deal, Do y'all big think deal. that would be a, a cool draw for people to come and, and see in Boston? Yeah, I think it would Willie? be interesting. Like Cass like said, it would be a lot more interesting if the band was was actually playing in front of it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, we got no problem with that. But, you know, we, uh, of course, if we take a caller, the first thing they're going to ask is something about that. I mean, so we might as well. Uh, is there any talk about that anymore? You know, that... you know, it was a it was a big deal, Cass. How many tractor trailers did it take to to go on that tour? Was it like seven? I think we had. I, I think we had at least two, um, maybe three. Yeah. I remember having a lot of trucks. Yeah, we were there. Were, there were at least two semi tractor trailers that had to carry. This one carried the set. The other carried band equipment and sound. Um, yeah, but yeah, that there was many places we couldn't even play because the the pyramid was so tall. We could only play certain venues. <laughs> no, he's, makes no, sense. he's absolutely correct. We we could. There were a lot of places that we could not perform. Yeah. Well, the raw pyramid now is outside permanently, and it's uh, it's so yeah. tall, and it had to be transferred by airplane, I believe, over to oh, where, where uh, from New York right now. That pyramid. It's near Boston. Place? About an hour south, I believe, of Boston. Um, a guy purchased it. it from Chris Anderson and put it up. Okay. And he's uh, he's okay with us bringing Maurice out if we want. And we went uh-huh. out there in 2014. We took a group out and had a picnic, and it was a lot of fun. And we thought, why not reunite Maurice with the Raw Pyramid and, you know, have a little fun with it. Get some pictures. You know, with Facebook now, everybody wants a picture, photos yep. of everything. Yeah. So That would be great. We're going to make an app. That, that would that would be pretty cool, actually. We think it'd be a good time. So, um, was that would that be it's a, some of the fans' favorite show? Was that y'all's favorite tour? or Was it too much of insanity? Um, I it was kind of it, it kind of went by in a blur for me. Do you remember much of it, Willie? Um, I remember doing that, uh, you know, playing that show, um, and all the the production that surrounded it and all the crazy dry ice and the, you know, the guitars and all. And 
you playing the wind solos and all the water around the drum set and all that. You know, it, it just was, it was a lot of uh, production effort. I remember all that. Um, I remember those shows. It was, it was an interesting time period. I'm not sure it's my favorite musical period, but it was an interesting production period. Yeah, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed so. pl- I enjoyed playing that stuff. It really, you know, they, it, it, it you really had to stretch out on it. You, you really yeah. you couldn't just you couldn't just get up there and play the same show over and over again. It was it was the same show, but every night was a little different, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. everybody had solos, so every night you're trying to play something, you know, interesting, and and you and you had to do it. Well, Willie, yeah. uh, we were asking Chasm about the funny story about when the tumbleweed came blowing out on the stage at one of the shows and uh, gave Chasm a hard time. Was there were there any costume malfunctions or anything for you during any of the raw shows that you might recall? Not really. I don't recall any any malfunctions. Um, not, not that I can remember. I remember one thing specifically about Willie's about Willie's solo was that um, sometimes they the the jets on the uh, on the fountain uh, that squirted the water out would get a little bent and uh, water would would wind up on the stage um, that Eric had mentioned that we carried around with us and the stage became like a sheet of glass. And it was really, really easy to trip and fall. And it was, as a matter of fact, that's one of the things I remember about that tour more than anything else was falling a lot. <laughs> that's all right. I get that. I get that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So Willie, what's been happening with you lately? We hadn't talked to you since you were doing some boxing uh, music and and uh, that type of thing, making some is, pinball machine you know, music over in Vegas. What's been happening with yeah, you since then? It's been a while. Oh, I'm still doing that. Well, actually, be, between that, um, Tess had asked me to play on a track for his record, so I did that. Um, we had a good time doing that, and and then um, I still continue to do the uh, I'm, uh, a director for audio production for the uh, slot machine company, so I continue to do that. I've been doing, um, I don't know, I'm on my fourth Michael Jackson game now. We've got all the original tracks from Michael Jackson and everything gets remixed and surround sound. And so I've been, uh, mostly all my time is spent producing audio for that, uh, you know, venue for, for slot machines and all the games and overseeing all that stuff and developing audio hardware and everything for for that company, um, I did have a um, a, uh, a single that I came out with for an, uh, like a fictitious uh, dance, you know, electronic dance uh, uh, record that I made, and it's a fictitious uh, name called Booty Camp. And so I made, I did a version of the original Betty Boop theme, which I uh, reappropriated into you know electronic EDM dance music, and then it. Uh, uh, you know, did all the sampling and everything and released a single on that. I haven't done another one, but it actually did pretty well and it was fun to do, so I'm going to probably do some more of that stuff. But um, those are the kind of the things that occupy my time is working on the the, uh, the slot productions and then when I do have some extra time and inclination, I'll work on some, uh, you know, tracks. 
Actually, Cass and I also did, like, a, a, for licensing, Cass and I did a song together, too, right, Cass, which was the... Yeah, um, Everybody's Everything. <clears throat> yeah, it was kind of like a Beatle-ish uh, song that Cass sang, and Cass and I worked on writing it together. We had a good time doing that, and I did a couple of other songs like that on my on my own as well for licensing things. But I do have shows that, that play, like, on, on CNBC, the Mad Money TV theme, and... Um, I just did the, oh, I forgot about that too. I did the, um, it's called On the Money. It's actually Cass uh, referred to me to one of the guys that Tony, that he's been writing with a lot on his projects. And so Tony helped me put together uh, some music for this uh, theme for CNBC. So, I, you know, whenever I can, I try to do, you know, different musical projects. Still in the music business. Good stuff. Good news. So I know you're over there for work, but what what, what do you think about living in Vegas? Is it kind of, crazy or different because all the so many visitors there and all the hoop all that goes Ooh, on over there is it? About that. I can't talk about that. <laughs> no? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No stays in okay. all right. Uh, well, well I'll give you that one. No, it's, I I, could, it's, I just gotta imagine it's gotta be pretty different than anywhere else, you know, you probably lived. It's just the, so the, much the, the nice I I'll tell you the things that I like about it. The things that I like are um I always have a number of my friends coming into town so I get to see a lot of old friends. At shows, so that's fun. Um, obviously, I'm not going to the strip all the time because when you live here, you really don't do that. But um, if you want to see entertainment, it's great for that. There's a lot of great restaurants for going out to, you know, have dinners and, um, uh, you know, just having entertainment is great. Um, the stuff that I miss is I, I always like living near oceans and uh, so I miss the, you know, the having the, everything dry all the time and very little rain and it's it's fairly hot. Um, it's okay, you know. It's, it's not. It's not that bad. It, it it has a combination of fairly good entertainment for being. It's a, it's a very small city, you know, compared to living in New York or L.A. Uh, but it has a fair amount of uh, of entertainment for being so small, which I guess is what the plus is that I'm saying. Vegas. All right. Well, that's very very. Um, you were in in uh, Mexico for a while, right? Yeah, I lived in Mexico for three years in in uh, this, the state of Oaxaca. It's called O A X A C A, and I was down um, close to you know not, about eight eight hours from Guatemala. It's pretty far down south. It's about twelve hours below Acapulco, and yeah, I spent three years there. I brought my studio there and um, had worked on projects long distance from from there, and yeah, it was great. It was a fun time. I uh, learned to speak a fair amount of Spanish and had some nice alone time. <laughs> That'd be nice. That's uh, very popular international living. Considers it a great place for uh, Americans to actually move there if they want to get to live, you know, somewhere like that. Yeah, get this, out of the country. This particular community was the last. Um, you know, you have Cancun, Puerto Vallarta, um, uh, and the place that I lived was called Huatulco, but it's not, it's spelled H-U-A-T-U-L-C-L. It doesn't sound anything like what I pronounced it as. But and it was the last um, uh, resort community that the Mexican government had built, so it had the best infrastructure. And you know, in terms of clean water and um, you know, just support, but. Um, it was actually the hardest to get to because it's really uh, the Sierra Madres mountains. 
Mexico City and the other areas that are hard to get to, which was what made it so beautiful because not very many people could get there. Mostly the Canadians were flying in, um, and that was it. And it was just pretty much local, and that's what I loved about it is it was so, um, you know, remote. It wasn't, it wasn't a typical, you know, tourist area like uh, Cancun and Puerto Vallarta. Awesome. Yep, that'd be a nice three-year hiatus. I bet you got a lot done over there. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, All right, well, good. Have you heard uh, Chasm's new CD? Of course. Sounds great. Yeah. Got a new live yeah. bootleg. Like I said, I like like I said, I played on on one of the cuts, and uh, oh. um, sent me sent the track out to uh, Las Vegas, and so I practiced with it, and then. Um, we, you know, put the drum parts down and um, sent it along, and then he he did his mixes and stuff. So we had a chance to, to kind of work together. There you go, awesome, very good. Well, we uh, hope to get y'all together sometime for one of our functions. It'd be a lot of fun. Uh, people haven't mm-hmm. seen Willie Wilcox in a long time, other than folks to get okay. to run into you in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love to get the band together. Of course, that's a whole other story, but um, anytime so you guys want to do that, maybe, we're listening. Maybe, maybe, we'll go, maybe we'll go to Boston. Maybe we'll go to Boston sometime this year, Willie. What's that? And I said, maybe we'll go to Boston later this year. Yeah, that, that would be fun. All right. Yeah. There we go. Here we go. Now we're talking. All right. Very good. All right, Mr. Willie, we appreciate you giving us a call, man. We'll have to have you on the show another time and get caught up. It's been a long time since we had Willie Wilcox on here. Always good to hear from you, though. Yep, nice to talk to you guys. All right, thanks a lot. All right, All right everybody. You well, take Willie, care. I'll talk, I'll talk to you later, Willie. Okay, later. All right. All right, everybody. <laughs> Willie Wilcox, Utopia. You had a uh, not the best connection of all time, but I think everybody could hear him, I hope. And we're going to get to the bottom of this song. So I've heard a uh, few more commentary chasms. Some people think it's Willie. Some people say it's the same as Angelo's Disco, but we're going to play it here in a little while. So um, All right. we'll see. We'll get that going here in a minute. I'm going to get that well, up talk to us yeah. a little bit more about your <clears throat> bootleg, or live bootleg album. Uh, tell yeah, us how um, it, no, it's really it. cool. It, it's really, really cool. I don't know if you guys have. I know Doug. You've heard it, Doug, right? Mel, do you? Have, yes, sir. Do you have a copy? Yes, sir. Um, I have not gotten around to it. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Well, no worries. It's still, you know, it's still available. Um, so I, I decided to do it um, through this site called Pledge Music, which uh, which is really a, a, a great way for musicians to um to get records made these days you know it's uh it's one thing to go out to try to go out and get a record deal and and do that that whole thing and distribution and stuff but there's just so many sites that uh like gofundme and kickstarter and stuff like that but this this particular site pledge music is is uh specifically for music and musicians and um I mean, there, there are so many musicians on uh, that that are, are popular that are on the site making records, like Melissa Etheridge, um, uh, one of the uh, one of the Indigo Girls, 
uh, Michael Stipe, uh, Motley Crue has projects on there, Kiss, a uh, um, bunch of other people too, Katie, K, uh, KT Tunstall, um, bu- bunch of people. And I just thought, wow, isn't that a cool way to do it? Um, and the, 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 the thing that really is, is really special to me is that we decided to, um, to involve a charity, which uh, in this case is a place called My Stuff Bags, foundation that and i know i've i've said this before on it's on the site and, and i've mentioned it on facebook but basically what it is is we're going to donate a portion of the uh, proceeds to the my stuff bags foundation which provides uh children who are displaced from uh from their home and put into foster care most most of the time what happens is the child protective services just comes in and and just removes the child from a dangerous situation or or or, or a house that that where he's, they might be suffering from abuse or neglect and they immediately take him out of the house and put him into foster care they don't take anything other than the clothes on their back uh and what the my stuff bags foundation does is uh, they give them a, 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 a little goodie bag with like a, a, a toothbrush and some soap, um, a, a stuffed animal, a blanket, you know, just like the bare essentials that a child would need so that they, they're just not going into a foster home with nothing, uh, nothing that they can call their own. So it's a pretty cool uh, charity and I'm really proud to be involved with them. Um, so, so it's for a good cause, you know. Part of the record goes to that uh, to that charity, and um, and then we have all kinds of other stuff. That's the the other good thing about the Pledge Music site is that it's not just about uh, a record, but there's you know there's T-shirts. There's uh, I have a bass guitar up there for sale. One of the ones that I use with uh, Todd on tour and Boris the Cult on tour, um, and I recorded with this particular bass. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, that that's on uh, on offer in one of the packages. Um, you can buy a producer credit. You can uh, you can have signed lyrics. Like I'll I'll write out one of the uh, uh, a, a song of mine for you in handwritten lyrics, gold record plaques and stuff like that. It's really cool, actually. Did I talk enough? Are you there? Oh. Yeah, also me. Can can you write it? Uh, can people write some of that off their taxes since it's going to charity? Absolutely. Yeah, you can write a portion of it off. There you go. So f- folks probably don't know executive producer. When you see that on an album, it basically means the person who helped manage it get it financed. Basically, is what that means. Exactly. Yeah, so you have yeah, a chance. I mean, yeah. 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 Like when you see, so you don't have to actually produce television. the CD. <laughs> you you just you, get your name on there, which is have, awesome. That's yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, you get you get a credit on the record in the liner notes, and uh, there's a uh, 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 there, there's a lot of stuff on offer on the page at pledgemusic.com. So I would I would highly recommend going and checking it out. Well, that would so you can't ship the CD then until you probably have all that ready for you know people to have the credit and stuff, right? Um, once we know exactly what, uh, we, well, actually the CDs are being made now. It's the artwork that just needs to be done at the last ah. minute. But, okay. Uh, so when's the deadline? The, uh, the deadline is March 1st. 
Okay. Hmm. So we have a deadline. Uh, so we need. Yeah, I mean it's two weeks from now. So. But okay, we've done and real then. Well. Okay. And yeah, the coolest thing you got on there, I think, for some fans is is a uh, house party, which I know you know uh, Jill Sobiel, somebody you've done a concert with for us. It was absolutely fantastic. Does a lot of that, and I know you've done some of that, where you you know go to someone's house, and, you know they have you know fifteen twenty people to get together and get a concert. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, I'm looking forward. I'm already talking uh, to a couple people about doing them later this. Uh, there's one that's coming up in April probably and another one in June. Um, I, I don't want to give away where I'm doing them or yeah. who I'm doing them for, but uh, there are uh, there are people that are talking about uh, about doing house concerts with me later on this year. Awesome. Good. So that's good stuff. You got posters and all kind of good stuff. on Pledgemusic.com or uh, does yours is it just Pledgemusic.com? Or pledgemusic.com forward slash chasm maybe, or is it an easier one to get yeah. to? Or is it yeah, or once, yeah. Once, once you get to the site, you can do a search for my name, and it, it'll, my project comes up. Nice. All right, so everybody, we're going to play some clips. We have some of a couple of the songs, and it's the sound is stellar. And I, I just I noticed, like, for example, in one of the clips, I'm going to play uh, some great electric guitar at the start. Is, who, who else is on this CD, or is that you doing all of, of that? No, 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 no. That that was my live band. That's um, uh, Matt Beck on guitar. Matt plays with uh, Rob Thomas and Matchbox Twenty. Uh, mm. John John Clancy is on drums. Uh, John Clancy is a Tony Award nominated uh, orchestrator here in New York. He's an amazing drummer. He's a great guy. Um, and Richard Hammond on bass. And Richard Hammond is like probably one of the most sought-after bass players uh, in New York City. He's on David Bowie's last record, Dark Star, um, and he plays in the uh, pit band for Hamilton, the musical. Yeah. Wow, big time. So well, this sounds really good. excellent people uh, on the... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I agree. And I hate to go back to something else, but then we're going to come back to this because I want to get this resolved because I'm getting text blown up saying it's chasm singing. No, it's not. So here we go. We're going to play this sweet little season from 1977 right quick. Then we're going to go back to the bootleg. Um, now keep right. in mind, this was played through a PA and this is a cassette recording, so it's not perfect, but it should be enough for you to give us an idea. And when you figure it out, just start talking and I'll stop playing it. You ready? All right. Yeah, go ahead. That's Willie. So is that what he it was was he right? Is it that's, just a that's different Willie's That's Willie's song. That's Willie's version of it and that is Willie Wilcox uh singing it. Oh, it is not oh, Warren the bootleg guru. You got to correct correct yourself, my brother. All right, so uh me. was that song named something else or is that a u- unique song? No. No, that Willie was incorrect when he said that was the that was the the uh, uh, working title for 
uh, Crazy Lady Blue. No, it, it is not. That is what what happened was um, when we when we put the the Ross show together. Um, Todd said, okay, this is what we're going to do because that's what Todd says. This is what we're going to do. Everybody's going to record a little video and we're going to play, uh, we're going to play this little video as walk-in music prior to us taking the stage. So before we come out, um, we are going to introduce ourselves by introducing ourselves. So, I mean, it's, it, it, it's actually very cool because uh, I don't think anyone had ever done it before uh, or since for that matter. But, uh, you know, we, we did these, we, we shot these little videos. I think mine was Love Reunion. Uh, Rogers was Pipeline from his solo record. And that was Willie's, that was Willie's spot. I forget what Todd did. I think Todd might have done uh, a portion of um, the planet's that he uh, recorded for Tamita. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that was part, that was part of his, um, his little section of the, the solo spots before the show, before the performance. Actually, that's, a, that would be an Eric question. Eric might be able to answer that question better than me. <laughs> I think you just answered it for us. I think I did. There you go. We appreciate it. Yeah, you're I'm, in the I'm loop. Sorry to, and Warren will. I'm sorry to disagree. I'm sorry to disagree with the with with Roy, but uh, Warren. With yeah. Warren, but that's uh, yeah. that's the bottom line. It is not me. Definitely not. Well, you know. Now we know. Not a video. He didn't. He didn't know. It was just a guess, I guess. So no big deal. Yeah. Um, well, no. He said he was. Warren's there. got a lot of bootlegs. We're gonna have to get you some of those. So let's go back to your bootleg, Bootleg Live, Chasm's new release. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really cool because the best part about it is that it's kind of, um, uh, it, it's a, it, it's almost, it's not a double record because it, it, it's only, it, it's only nine songs on, on the, on the CD. But um, the, the good part about it is that, uh, I, I mean, if you want to call it side one, side one is with the full band, and side two is my solo acoustic show. Uh, and Prairie Prince uh, plays on it, and Bill Spooner is on it. Another friend of mine plays piano uh, in San Francisco on it, um, and it's it's the stripped down version of Side One. So uh, so I mean, it sounds you know I'm really really proud of it. I I, I think it came out amazingly. The guy who I'm working with right now, uh, doing a lot of work with it, guy by the name of Tony Demito. Um, help me produce it and uh, and fix up the audio and make it sound you know uh, presentable, but um, but ultimately you know the, as as a record as a live record I think it's that uh, again you know I'm, I've been really lucky over the past two years I when I I did uh, three I was I was so proud of uh, of the way that record came out and uh, and then again you know I. I did this this live record, and I'm like, you know what? I could listen to it. If any anything that I do that I say I could listen to, um, I know I'm ahead of the game because I'm my own worst critic. And uh, you know, there's a lot of times when I'm like, when I cringe at that material that I've done in the past. That's awesome. No, it is good stuff. Three in this. So I got it. Since you brought up Spooner, I'm gonna. Uh, I had a question. Somebody sent me an email that can't make the show. Catherine Sauer, she likes to ask a lot of questions. She wanted to know, did you co-write 
she's got too much on her mind with Bill Spooner. She says your voice is perfect for it. And how yeah. did you come to sing that songs? That songs. Um, well, you know, I, I mean, people uh, people suggest songs to me all the time. Uh, they say, you know, there's a spirit song that you should do. Uh, there's a song by Spirit that I think you would be perfect on. And I say, well, yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I, I mean, I like Spirit, you know, but I, I can't necessarily hear myself doing one of their songs. Um, and I, I just got a text from somebody who, <laughs> the guy who, <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, yeah, now he's, he's pissed at me. Um, who? So, so nobody. Um, and, and so Rachel Culp, um, uh, I was ta- I was having a conversation with her one day, and she said, "There's a song by uh, There's a song that I really think you should uh, listen to. It's a really cool song, and 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 I love Rachel to death. And 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 I said, okay, let me hear it. And she played me this Bill Spooner song, and it was just it just touched me. And I thought, you know what? I can do that song. Um, that would be a great song for me to do. And uh, I took Bill's song, which is a lot less. Uh, a lot less produced than my record. Bill's, Bill's song is just guitar and vocal. Um, and I wanted to add a little bit to it. So uh, that's when I, I, I kind of rewrote the middle section uh, of it where I did a guitar solo in the middle. Um, and uh, it, it just, it, it's one of my favorite songs on the record. It really came out really well. And then I asked Greg Hawks to play on it. And I asked Willie to play on it. And it's, uh, it came out really well. So that's nice. how that happened. So, if I remember correctly, 15 Minutes was banned and Libertine is uh, solo? Uh, I got it backwards. Libertine is solo. Libertine is solo. Yeah, and, okay. I, you know, because I, I do this thing with, with Libertine where I do the audience sing-along, which is pretty fun. I have a fun time doing that. Um, and uh, Too Much On Our Mind is with the band. So the first the first five songs on the record – uh, uh, with a full band, and I do Maybe I Could Change, which is one of my favorite Utopia songs. Uh, and I do um, uh, Yellow Cab, which is a song that uh, Phil Thornley wrote for me. Um, yeah, and it's just a really, really good, r- well-rounded CD, and I highly recommend everyone getting it. <laughs> we do, too. So I'm going to play a clip from 15 Minutes. Uh, I'd play the whole song, but, you know, we've had three no, guests. Okay. This- So, um, plus I want people to buy it, not steal it from our show, of course. So, this is about a minute. Quality wouldn't be as good. That's correct. A minute and fifteen seconds, but you're going to see this is good quality and this is a great guitar solo. Start this. So, this is some of fifteen minutes from the bootleg. You can get it at pledgemusic.com. You're listening to Rungan Radio. We'll be right back.
like that stuff with a band. Need to see that show. Thanks. Yeah. You don't do that a lot. Actually, I, I don't do that a lot. Yeah. I haven't seen you do a solo show with a band a lot. Um, well, you know what I mean, a chasm it, show it with a band. Cost, it, yeah, it's, it, it's really cost prohibitive to take a band. Um, uh, you know, I, I just don't. Uh, I, I I can't afford it. That's the bottom line. It sure does sound um, good. <laughs> it's expensive, good but I, I do have some solo shows coming up in April. So okay, yeah, we've been talking I'm about looking. those. You got uh, several of them. So yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, chasmsultan.com if you want to know about that. Of course, um, you can go see Chasm solo shows, or you can get a house party, which is even more fun. There you go. Or you can do both. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You never have too much Chasm Sultan, right? Thank so you that very was, much. sounded really good. We got great feedback in the chat room. I'll tell you something. That does not sound like a audience recording with people talking. That sounds great. I love it. <laughs> well, it worked. It was. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. All right, so we're going to do some libertine too. Um, what else do you uh, want to tell us about that album? Anything else that we need to know before we play some more music? Or are good to go? Uh, Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I think you know. I, I mean, I think as live albums go, um, I know Todd uh, just just released a live record uh, late last year, uh, the the live DVD, uh, mm-hmm. and um, I, I did uh, I did film both shows, but uh, putting a DVD out right now is is just a little a little beyond my reach. So uh, at some point in the future, that might be that that might be available. I'm not sure, but for right now, if you want to experience uh, a live Casim show, this is the best way to do it. Just uh, you know, get the CD and it's got some really cool liner notes. The cover is really cool, and the T-shirts that we have are really cool. Danny did a great job with the graphics on everything and uh I'm just I'm just really proud of it you know I'm really I'm real real proud you ought to be it's good stuff and not speaking of DVDs and anniversaries March 1st is when we recorded 9 years ago the Chasm DVD oh from really? Georgia oh wow yeah oh man <laughs> speaking of March uh, 1st deadline March 1st is a 9 year anniversary so there you go that's uh, uh that's how fast I time flies yeah, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, that was fun. So, that was a lot of fun with Jesse and Doug Kennedy. That was our first attempt at doing a concert ever for me and Mel, and the rest is history. Oh wow! All right, so let's do um, let's do Libertine, and then we're going to take callers if you got time for us. We got about twenty something minutes left. If you can hang for a little while, if we got callers, I can hang from. What do you think? Yeah, I can hang. Yeah, I'm it's good. too late. All right, good, perfect. All right, I want to make sure we get some music in. So this is from the solo part of the Bootleg CD, and it's a little clip about a minute and. 13 Seconds of Libertine, which y'all should know that song. I'm sure you do. A little Utopia action. And if you want to call in, it's 646-716-9262. Call in and ask Chasm a question. Press 1 so that we know you want to ask a question versus just listening. So here we go. Libertine.
You got to get your copy, Mel. Come on. Support I am. Yeah, I am. Mel. I've just been <laughs> sleeping. I don't know. Hey, listen. Uh, whenever you come through Dallas again, uh, there's a bar here called the Libertine Bar. And oh, on really? the side of it, it has this funky painted mural. And we've got to get a picture of you standing in front of it. Oh, I would love that. Yes. That would be great. Yeah, okay, lower so, Greenville area. Yeah, you'd like it. Mel, we have hogged the show. We've got seven callers in queue, so we're going to give them – oh, God, it may be more than that. Chasm, it lit up, and we sent people call. Y'all try to get <laughs> your stuff done in a minute and a half, two minutes, so everybody can get in on the action. If you don't mind, spit it out. All right, here we go. We're going to start with 914. You're talking to Chasm Salt. Hey, it's Lorraine from New York. Hi, Lorraine. Hey. Hi, how are you guys? Good. Great. Okay, Kaz, I'm going to ask the silly question that people have been asking in this chat room. Who is your favorite bass player? Who's my Besides favorite yourself, bass player? Obviously. Um, <laughs> you know, I have, I, I have a lot of favorite bass players. Um, I, guess, uh, I, I guess if I had to pin it down to one person, it would probably be Paul McCartney. Okay. Huh? That makes sense. Well, thank you. Tell Susie I said hello, too. I'm going to let you guys go because I know you have other callers. I love you guys. Bye, Thanks, Lorraine. Lorraine. Appreciate the call. Bye. Lorraine. Lorraine, thanks. Bye. All right, Lorraine. Cool. Good call. Um, let's see here. Seven, eight, one, you're with us. Let's see if you can do just as good as low. Hello? Hello? Hello. Hi, Mel. Hi, Doug. Hey, Chasm. Hey, man. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Yes. Can hear you. Yeah, I'm breaking up a little on my end. Um, this is Eddie G. Chasm. We spoke a bit uh, after your show here in uh, Cambridge at Johnny D's a few years back. We talked about uh, my friend Eddie Martinez. We talked about Nile Rogers. I think I, I remember giving you his phone, in fact. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm so psyched, and I wish that I could catch you playing with uh, Greg Bendian. was wondering if you knew uh, Doug Lund and if you have any thoughts. Doug Lund. No, I don't think I know Doug. Um, might know him if I saw him, but uh, but well, he just but, he just passed away a few days ago. He he played with uh, Greg Bendian in Mike Keneally's band. Uh, well, Mike, a, Mike uh, Keneally is. I'm, I'm a I'm a huge Mike Keneally fan. He's one of the most brilliant musicians on the planet, uh, and a super super sweet guy. Um, oh yeah. And I'm. I'm very, very sorry to hear about uh, your friend's passing. I, uh, my yeah. heart goes out to you. Well, he he was a, a great bass player. He wasn't necessarily my friend, but he, he was partners with Mike and Greg. And I'm wondering, you know, what you think about, you know, I, I saw somewhere that Greg Bendian is playing with, uh, with you and Todd and uh, Jesse. 
Uh, I don't yeah. know if he's just um, subbing for he's is he subbing for Prairie a couple of gigs or. Um, I I don't know if I don't know if he's if he's subbing for Prairie, but I do know that when uh, when Todd plays in the New York area, if Prairie isn't available, he'll give Greg a call, and Greg comes in and uh, and does the show. He's a great drummer, nice guy, yeah, Greg. and uh, I enjoy playing with Greg. Greg is a great guy. He he was on uh, with Mel and Doug on one of their shows. They had him on their shows, and uh, he was doing great. I'm the one that asked about the Archer bass, also. Uh, I was wondering what exactly is going on with Roger these days. Um, Roger is uh, is kind of semi-retired. Uh, he just finished working uh, at Electronic Arts uh, out in uh, uh, in in San Francisco, um, and I think he's just kind of puttering around the house, enjoying <laughs> not having anything to do. He's got the good life. All right, good deal. We appreciate the call, and Greg is has done the unpredictable shows before, which is what they're doing at the city winery and has filled in for those. Usually Todd gets a guest drummer for those shows and uh, Mm -hmm. not somebody that necessarily goes on tour with him. So that's not unusual. Um, All right. So we got eight, four, seven at Chicago, I believe what's happening. Hi. um, Hi, Kevin. Hi, Doug. Hi, Mel. This is Sam, who is an artist. And uh, um, wow. I have a list of questions that I wanted to narrow down to one thing because we only have a minute, but, uh, my friend told me that a Blue Oyster Cult song was inspired by you. By you me? you know about that, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They said it was um, a song called Hungry Boys, and they said that you came in, and they were like, hey, I'm hungry. And they're like, we have an apple and beer, and you're like, fine, I'll take an apple. And that's, that's apparently uh, what happened in one of the books that they wrote. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> I, I guess that's the best call uh, all evening. Um, I, I I don't know. I will see the guys next week, not next weekend, but the following weekend, um, and I'll be sure to ask them. Um, that that okay. would be good. I wonder if I can, I wonder if I can get some publishing from them. Do you guys that song? Um, I'm sorry. What? What did you say? Oh, I I was asking Chasm. Do you guys perform that song? Are you familiar with that song? I, I've not. I've never heard that song before. Uh, no, I, I. I don't know. Hungry boy. Get, okay. Get we'll all have to get to the down. bottom of it. <laughs> well, Sam, we appreciate boys. all your art on the Todd Rungren Rungren Radio page. We, um, good picture, Chasm yeah, that you Sam, did. It's fun. She's, she's great. She's a real sweetheart, and you're a real doll. Oh, thank Anime. you. Um, and I had a one other question, if that's all right. Um. I, I guess it's it's a short one, but do you have any stories for like on the uh, video for Magic Dragon Theater of Love or Love Reunion? Those are I always like those videos. And I wonder if you had like any stories for them. Um, the only story that I have from Love Reunion is uh, I was I, I was only in the band for a couple of months at, at that time, and I really wasn't. I was completely out of my element. Um, uh, actually, maybe I was in the band for about six months or whatever. And I had just <laughs> bought a brand new car, a brand new car, my first car ever. Um, it was uh, I, I I treated myself to a nice little red Italian sports car, um, and I was 21 years old, and I was just, you know, I was sitting on top of the world. Um, and I had to go up to Todd's to record my my. Video and this is, goes directly back to what we were talking about earlier on the the uh, introduction to the show, the videos that that the band did, uh, the individual band members did. So I had to go up to Todd's on Mink Hollow in Woodstock, 
uh, in Bearsville up to to record his uh, to record my little my little video for Love Reunion, which I did, um, and then drove back down to uh, I think I was living with Roger at the time uh, in West Hurley, which is about maybe seven, seven or eight nine miles from uh, Todd's house. And uh, the next day, I got a phone call from Todd saying, "You got to come back and do your re- redo your video." I said, "What do you mean I have to come back and redo my video?" He said, "Well, I, I, I inadvertently erased everything." <laughs> said, oh, oh no! Man, that's horrible. <laughs> oh, geez. All right, fine, whatever. <laughs> so I got back on my my nice brand new little sports car and drove back up to Todd's, redid the video, and then as I was driving back home, I hit a patch of ice and totaled the car. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, it was a sad, it was he, very sad. It was, he cursed you. <laughs> he di- he did. I uh, yeah, he did. He just didn't he just didn't want me want me to have a nice little red Italian sports car. That's what that was about. Oh, that was a good story. Thank you. You uh, right. like, like my drawing. I, what's that? I'm sorry. I, I didn't I'm glad you like my one? drawing. Oh, I yes, they're said, very I'm good anime. Like my drawing. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll I'll draw you more next time I see you. I'll print out like a a paint, like a book of drawings <laughs> and give them to Perfect. you. Just all of them. <laughs> Thank you so much. You guys Bye. are so kind. Bye. 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 All right. Hey, thanks for the call. Was, so we're good. We got three in a row. It's done well. So we got four more people. We might can pull this off. So don't mess us up. Next caller six one eight. You're with us. What you got? Hi. Hi, Mel. Hi, Doug. Hi, Chasm. Hi. Oh, I wait, I know who this question. is. This is Jana. <laughs> Hi, Jana. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm well. Good. My question is this. Uh, if you could narrow it down, out of all the songs you've written, maybe take the top three, either whether you've collaborated with other utopians or other people or your solo songs, could you pick your very favorites? My very favorite. Well, of course, I'd, I'd have to start with "Set Me Free" because that was a that was a song that um, that came from a a, a, a very honest place. Um, it was a quick write. It only took me about three hours to write the song. Um, long time to finish it but the initial uh, uh the initial idea and the initial demo was very very quick and the lyrics came to me very quickly um but i have to say that without the input of roger and uh willie and todd um it would be it wouldn't have been as, as good a song uh they really helped the production on that and it was also a very successful song for the band um as That's far right, as my top solo 40. yeah a top 20 um, as far funny. as my, yeah, as far as my, uh, my other songs go, um, you know, there are, there, there are a lot of them that I, that are near and dear to me. They're all, I think, I think it was Billy Joel who, who said, you know, they're all my children and you can't love one children more, one child more than another one. So, um, but I do have some favorites. Uh, I always play the, the one sure thing in my, in my solo shows. I really like that song a lot. And, uh, and watching the world go song. by is another one of my favorite songs. So, so I have a lot of favorite you, songs. Chasm, I, I know I've seen you live, and you've said that you wish you had written "I Don't Mind" that Bourgeois Tag. That's a fantastic song that you sang. That's that is a great song. song. 
And, I personally and really like sacrifice, Chasm, and I wonder if that has something to do with uh, recovery. Yeah, it absolutely does. Sure. I mean, I, I'm not afraid to, you know, to say that I've been in recovery now for 27 and a half years, and um, and the 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 whole basis of my uh, uh, of, of my recovery is about taking what's good and leaving the rest behind. Well, that song is so well put together. It's one of the best recovery songs I have ever heard. Well, you're a sweetheart, Jan, and thank you so very, very much. And please tell your sister that I said hi. Oh, I will. It's her wedding anniversary today. Oh, that's sweet. Oh, great. Good for her. And as you know, she's been in recovery for, I think, 27 years, too, and she would not mind me saying it. She She's very open about it. Yeah, that's great. Well, send her my best. I certainly will. You take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Jan, thanks for the call. It's four good ones in a row. Let's see if we can keep the streak alive. <laughs> well, we, wait a second. Are we waiting for a bad one? Uh, I'm hoping not to get a bad one. I'm okay, trying to good. encourage others to do well. Right. <laughs> it's, hot. it's called uh, positive motivation. 407, yeah. uh-huh. you're with us. Hopefully I'm not the bad one. Hey, Kaz, it's Randy Gerber. <laughs> oh, hey, Randy. How are you? Good, man. Hey, my question is, is pretty easy. If uh, you look at probably the four biggest bands that you played with, maybe Utopia, Meatloaf, BOC, and Joan Jett, if you had one word to describe your experience with each of those, what would it be? Meatloaf, painful. Um, uh, <laughs> Utopia, um, never, re- never really appreciate what you have until it's gone. Uh, Joan Jett, um uh Joan would be um interesting. Um and what was the, who was the other one? B O C. B O C? Uh yeah. okay, I'm gonna um I'm gonna uh, backtrack and say Joan Jet was fun and B O C is very interesting. Huh. There you go. You keep us yeah, that's pretty you're going to keep us guessing what that one means. Huh? Yeah, this sounds like there's a story there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let me, I'll, I'll put it this way. We just played last weekend. Uh, we played um, on Friday. I left my house at 5 o'clock in the morning, flew to Las Vegas, dropped my bags, uh, went to soundcheck, played the show, uh, went back to my room, tried to go to sleep, woke up at 7 a.m., drove three hours to Fort Irwin, California, to play at an army base uh, in the middle of the Mojave Desert, which, by the way, was an, an amazing uh, experience because these these guys in the military were just the sweetest people in the whole world. They were everybody was so nice. Um, and then uh, drove another three hours right after that show back to Los Angeles Airport uh, to catch a red eye home. Uh, and I got home at seven o'clock in the morning on Sunday. That happens pretty much um, every weekend, every month with Blue Oyster Cult, something like that. So it's interesting. Wow. Crazy uh, rowdy. Dude, well, I, I, hope, uh, I hope I'll see you in uh, 2017 somewhere, some city somewhere. I, I'm sure you will, Randy. All right, man. Take care. Bye-bye. I appreciate the call. If you can't Thanks. see him, get the CD. It rocks. It's uh, uh, Randy probably already bought one. Yeah, I bet he did. All right, so... We're doing good. We got seven minutes. Couple of callers. <laughs> see, if, see if we can pull it off. 
908. You're next. Hi, this is Ron. Hi, Ron. Hi, hi Mel. Hi, Doug. Hey, Chasm. Um, I uh, just wanted to say thanks for the, the access pass, and I got in there and I got your CD. That's terrific. I'm looking forward to getting oh, it. Oh, good. Thank you so much. And um, I'm still enjoying three uh, from two years ago, and I guess that it was. And uh, that's a. I, my question was some of your older releases, are they available anywhere? And uh, is there a four in the future? Yes, there is a four in the future. As a matter of fact, I, I, I know I threatened to never to re- uh, do another record again and only release singles. But um, yep. uh, it's like it's like the, the band that says, this is our last tour. This is our farewell tour. <laughs> it's our real farewell tour. This is our final farewell tour. Um, and so um, because I've started working with this, uh, with this guy, Tony DeMito, and I, I, I enjoy working with him so much, along with other people like Phil Thornley. And uh, I just started a, 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 a friendship with a, a girl by the name of Shelly Pikin, who's a, a very, very successful and famous songwriter out in Los Angeles. I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe I'll do another record. So at some point this year, I'm going to start another record. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be called Four, but it will certainly be my fourth proper solo record. Terrific. I look forward to it. And I hope you're, I'm in New Jersey. I hope you come back in this area. I last saw you in uh, Pennsylvania and Sellersville. But, uh, I'll be, um, I, I will be in New Jersey uh, in New Hope. Uh, well, that's Pennsylvania. But I'm playing yeah. uh, in, in New Hope in April and then another place in New Berlin, New Jersey, uh, later in April. Great. I look forward to April. Thank, Thank you. you. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Take a road trip. All right. Huh. I got this is hard to keep up with. international call, so I'm going to try to take it and see. It could be Jill Mingo. Let's find out. Do we have an international call or a private caller? Private caller. Hello. There you go. Who is it? Hello. This hey. is Janet from Chicago. Hey, Janet from Chicago. Chasm, you, you remember me, Tammy and Diana? I remember you, Janet. Friends. How are you? How are you, dear? Hi, and how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, Tammy, just, Tammy just texted me and said, I'm listening to Chasm live on Rundgren Radio. So I had to call in, and I, I wanted to ask, when are you coming to Chicago? Um, well, I'm talking about doing a, a house concert in Chicago in June. So oh, good. Just, just, oh, just house latch concert. On to, yeah, and I'm also, uh, I'm also talking about possibly doing a show at Martyrs in June. So if I do a house oh, concert great. in Chicago, I'll also probably put a club show in right after or before it. You know, the Abbey closed, Tammy said. No, uh, or maybe it reopened. Or I don't. I heard. Yeah, yeah, pretty. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. A lot of places are closing, but you know that's yeah. time marches mm-hmm. on. May have reopened. It? I don't know what she said. I, I don't know the details. Okay. But oh yeah, well, we miss you here, you and Tom. Well, I, I, I'm due to come back. So there you go. There you go. Okay, great. Okay. Thanks for the call Thanks, from Chicago. All right, we're doing good. We're doing good. All right, so and just in case everybody needs to know, Labor Day weekend in Boston, as long as he's available, we will do everything we can to get Mr. Sultan to perform in Boston. All right, 423, you're with us. Hey. 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 Hey.
Haslam. Hello. And hello, Doug. Hey, Doug. Yes, Yeah. Hey. How are y'all doing? Who is it? Doing well. Rick, Rick. Yarbrough from Tennessee. Yep. Rick. Uh, wanted to give a shout out to Kaz and hope he's coming south again. Uh, I, I would love to. I, I did a Nashville show a uh, year before last, and I, I, I should do another one soon. Yeah, it was it was so great with you and Susie in Greenville, South Carolina. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, that, that was that was a lot of fun. We had fun. Yeah, it, it was. It was it was fun helping you carry your stuff to your car that night. I well, I appreciate you broke you broke back. you broke my keyboard, uh, but that's okay. Don't worry about it. Oh, I did. <laughs> oh. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, man. Hey, uh, hey, I hope you come back south, and I hope that Doug and Mel can make it to get you up to Boston. Me and Patty are going to well, try our best. If I have all about scheduling, have brother. Day, all about scheduling. If yeah, I have I one day off, I'll be there. Yeah, I know. Well, same with us. Same with us. Money wise and everything else. But anyway, love you guys. Enjoy the show tonight. Y'all take Thank care. Thank you very I much. Love you all. All right, man. Good appreciate night, Rick. it, Rick. Rick, one of our southern callers, one of the few, the proud. All right, so this one I know is going to take up the rest of the show. We got two minutes, fifteen seconds, and I believe this is Keith from Deltona. Am I right? Three eight six. Uh, yeah, that's me. Hi, uh, my name's uh, Kazzy's. All right, cool. What's up? So, uh, hey, Kazim, I owe. I wanted to say thank you so much for your music. Like, uh, you've done a lot for me. You've brought me together with my uh, significant other, like your music. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's well, that's really what it's all about, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. If I, if, I can, if I can pull one couple together, then my life is complete. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, since uh, they mentioned uh, me being a Southerner, like uh, that was actually related to my question. I was asking if you uh, ever had any plans coming to the South as a solo uh, artist. Uh, uh, you know, I would really love to. And it's just a question of, uh, of, of scheduling and timing and finding a place that uh, that's the right size venue. Um you know, I can't play in I can't play in bigger places. I play in like small listening rooms, and uh, so if there's a place down there by you that's you know 50 to 100 seats uh, that you think might be uh, might be a good place for me to to try to get a date at, by all means go on my Facebook page, mention it, and uh, and I'll take it from there. Are you calling from right, Daytona? That sounds great. Um, Are I'm you in Daytona? Uh, um, the city I'm in is called our Deltona, right by Daytona. Okay, so you are near Deltona. We got another caller, frequent caller from Deltona. All right, man, you're the last call. You made it in. We appreciate it. We'll try to get uh, Chasm over there somewhere. We did get him to Daytona Beach last year. Yeah. With Todd, yeah. the uh, band, but uh, solo show would be cool in the South for sure. All right, so we got 15 minutes, 15 seconds. Then we go into archives, so y'all can listen to that later. But uh, Chasm. It's been real. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Doug, Mel. Appreciate you. Thank you so long. much. I really appreciate you guys having me on. And, and again, the fans are the, my, I have the best fans in the entire planet, and I couldn't do without them. Thank we you. We would agree. And Thank that's you guys. Uh, everybody, music.com. Go get Chasm's new bootleg CD. It's awesome. 
And if you've got any questions about anything from tonight, you know how to get in touch with us. Doug at RunganRadio.com and Mel, M-E-L, at RunganRadio.com. We'll see you next time. Love you guys. Bye. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Rundgren, and you're listening to RunganRadio.com. You are the crown of the crown, my friend. Well, thank you so much for your support.